The hard part is reading the faces of the other players. The complexity arises when all players know how to bluff and double bluff. The code of the liar's poker player was something like the code of the gunslinger. It required a trader to accept all challenges. Because of the code, which was his code, John Merriweather felt obliged to play. But he knew it was stupid. For him, there was no upside. If he won, he upset good friend. But if he lost, he was out of pocket a million bucks. No, John, Merriweather said. I'd rather play for real money. Ten million dollars, no tears. Ten million dollars. It was a moment for all players to savor. Merriweather was playing liar's poker before the game even started. He was bluffing. Goodfriend considered the counterproposal. It would have been just like him to accept. Merely to entertain the thought was a luxury that must have pleased him well. It was good to be rich. Maybe the whole point of his challenge was to judge Merriweather's response. Even Goodfriend had to marvel at the king in action. Goodfriend smiled his own brand of forced smile and said, You're crazy. No, thought Merriweather. Just very, very good. I was living in London in the winter of 1984, finishing a master's degree at the London School of Economics, when I received an invitation to dine with the Queen Mother at St. James's Palace. What had been advertised as a close encounter with British royalty proved to be a fundraiser with seven or eight hundred insurance salesmen. Somewhere in the palace, as luck would have it, were two managing directors from Solomon Brothers. I knew this only because, as luck would have it, I was seated between their wives. When one of the wives learned that I was preparing to enter the job market and was considering investment banking, she turned the evening into an interview. I was soon invited by her husband to the London offices of Solomon and introduced to traders and salesmen on the trading floor. I liked the commercial buzz of their environment, but I still did not have a formal job offer, and I wasn't subjected to a proper round of job interviews. A few days later, I received a call to have breakfast with Leo Corbett, the head of Solomon Recruiting. At breakfast, we had a pleasant talk, which was disconcerting, because Solomon Brothers recruiters were meant to be bastards. It seemed clear Corbett wanted me to work at Solomon, but he never came right out and proposed. Finally, I told a fellow student at the London School of Economics what had happened. As he badly wanted a job with Solomon Brothers, he knew exactly what I had to do. Solomon Brothers never made job offers. It only gave hints. The best thing for me to do was call Leo Corbett and take the job from him. So I did. I called him, reintroduced myself, and said, I want to let you know that I accept. Glad to have you on board, he said, and laughed. He explained that I would start life at the Brothers in a training program that commenced in July 1984 at the New York headquarters with 120 other students. Days passed. I knew nothing about trading, and as a result, next to nothing about Solomon Brothers. For Solomon Brothers is, more than any other firm on Wall Street, a firm run by traders. I knew only what I had read in the papers, and they said that Solomon Brothers was the world's most profitable investment bank. True as that might be, the process of landing a job with the firm had been suspiciously pleasant. 6,000 people had applied that year. Most of the people with whom I would eventually work were badly savaged in their interviews and had grisly stories to tell. I had no battle scars and felt mildly ashamed. Oh, all right, I confess. 
One of the reasons I pounced on the Solomon Brothers' opportunity like a loose ball was that I had already seen the dark side of a Wall Street job hunt. As a college senior in 1981, I applied to banks. At the time, I didn't give trading so much as a passing thought. In this, I wasn't unusual. College seniors considered trading floors cages for untrained animals. My Princeton University class of 1982 was among the last to hold this view firmly. So we didn't apply to work on trading floors. Instead, we angled for lower-paying jobs in corporate finance with a starting salary of about $25,000 plus bonus. When all was said and done, the pay came to around $6 an hour. The job title was Investment Banking Analyst. At Solomon Brothers, analysts were the lowest of the low. They photocopied, proofread, and assembled breathtakingly dull securities documents for 90-plus hours a week. A few of the very best...